You're listening to Pointing Pointers, the Point to Point podcast. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Pointing Pointers. This is Ben Atkins and we're joined today by Bradley Gibbs. Uh, Brad, how are you faring? Yes, very good. Thanks. Good. Uh, Thanks a lot for coming on. James, how did you get on at the sales? Yeah, I had a good day at the sales today. Didn't buy anything, so I'm not in trouble. So that's always a bonus. (laughs) Yeah, that is very true. Johnny, how is one? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Getting my voice back, which uh, nobody will be delighted to hear. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, just about about back to normal. Uh, Well, thanks again to those of you who have given us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate that. Um, just a li- another quick favour to ask of you. Um, it occurred to me this week that we, uh, we're we getting really good numbers on this show and uh, much better than we expected, to be quite honest. But uh, if everyone told one person that they are enjoying it and uh, and uh, that they should listen to, we'd no doubt be into some big figures before long. So if everyone could just tell one friend that they're enjoying this show and, uh, and send them a link, we would love it. You don't have to be it. enjoying it. Just tell them that to listen. Well, this is it. In fact, so um, someone, a bit of a stalwart of Northern uh, Point Pointing rang me up today from the sales to talk to me about horse. And he said, oh, by the way, I'm really enjoying the podcast. I said, oh, great. I didn't know you listened. Thank, thank you. Yeah. He said, yeah, it's, it's really, really funny. So um, in a bid to continue in that theme, lads, I've made sure I, I've got loads to say this week and made sure that you boys haven't got too much uh, to make sure that there's, you know, more of the funny and less of the... Uh, you know, more killer and less filler. as well doesn't it well that's it as well because <laughs> you know as as uh, brad basically what happens is if these boys say any good points um i record myself saying them and then you know the person who's on the interview with us says oh that's a really good point ben um and then i get all the glory so um don't think you'd have too many good points out of johnny <laughs> well this is it and there has to be some perks to the job you know i've got permanent backache carrying these two around so there has to be some uh some perks, I suppose. Um, anyway, what's coming up in the show? Um, we've got Brad with us, and we're going to chat to him at length about his uh, his training and riding uh, this season just gone. So having a great time of it. Um, I'm going to chat to Amy Woff, um, who is a jockey from the Northern Circuit, who's had a great time of it this season as well. Uh, we've got plenty of talking points as always. Uh, but first, what happened at the weekend? Uh, we're, we're thinking actually about renaming this feature, Johnny. Uh, who's had a first winner? Because obviously, for about five weeks on the bounce now, that's what you've come up with every single time. So, Johnny, who rode their first winner this week? <laughs> uh, yeah, Megan Bevan rode her first. Oh, you winner. have actually got one. I was joking. You have actually got one. That's yeah, of course fantastic. I have. Johnny, yeah. okay, Johnny. I've brilliant. started. Ta- I've started paying people to take a pull so that I can at least have this. Bit. <laughs> um, yeah, what's what's his name? What's his name? Uh, it was her first winner. That's the name down. of the horse, right? That's the horse, yeah. <laughs> okay, Which is ideal because I haven't got a clue of his name. Um, <laughs> was his name? It was only a sixth ride, and yeah, good effort. It's great, Brad. Do you remember your first winner? Yeah, um, it was on one of my dad's horses um, in Astrodowin. One of the where Astrodowin, one of the Welsh tracks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I actually picked up a spear that day, and uh, now won the won the maiden as well. Fair play, not bad at all. Like London buses. How many how many rides did it take you? I think it was about twenty or thirty rides. I think. 
<laughs> it only took me 17. <laughs> <Don't worry about laughs> it's not a competition, Johnny, and you should be grateful that it's not because Brad wouldn't, you know, he'd be wiping the floor with you. He wouldn't even be in the same league. <laughs> oh, dear. We have to be nice to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. While he's on the call, anyway, yeah. Um, so, uh, so Brad, you're chasing James King in the Jockey Championship, um, currently tied with Jack Andrew on 15 winners. Uh, how do you, how do you split your time? Obviously, you're training quite a few uh, of those as well. How do you split your time and focus between training and riding? If you see what I mean. Um, well, to be honest, we've had we've had 15 in um, all year, and to be honest, the majority of the, the um, well, the majority of the winners that they've ridden this year have been our own horses. So it's just placing them, um, keeping them apart. And then I've ridden four winners for David Brace as well. And then um, ridden a few for my dad. So, um, you know, I don't tend to have too many outside rides. But to be honest, we got plenty in at home and keeps me going. And obviously, we've had a good year with our horses at home. We've had, I think we've had 14, 14 winners with, with the Hunter Chase winners as well. It's good effort. Yeah, it must be really satisfying to 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 train the ones that you win riding. If that makes sense. Oh, definitely. I think I get uh, more of a buzz out of riding my own horse. Obviously, you get a buzz out of riding any winner, um, but I think it's it's better once you tra- when you train them this stuff. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you know you're with them every day, doing everything with them, um, and then when you take them to the race and they win, and look, to be honest, this season we've had a tremendous season. Um, our first three runners, obviously, we moved up to Hertfordshire um, last August. So it's our first train season training from you. Um, and we took three runners to Chadsey Corbett in December. And I thought the three of them would be thereabouts, but they were good good races, I thought, competitive. And the three of them won. <clears throat> um, but I did get disqualified on one of them. <laughs> <laughs> the old sat-nav went wrong, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> That wouldn't work in that day. I wasn't going to mention it. How does it work, Brad, when you train them yourself? Do you just think to yourself at the start, I'm going to bounce out and make the running, or would you sit and discuss it with owners, uh, with the other half, or how does it work? Uh, to be honest, me and Claire, we do speak a bit about it, you know, but to be honest, like when we ride in, when I'm riding mine, and I do tend to ride a lot of them from the front. Um, I just think it's like in the maidens and things, it could be a few smelly ones out the back. So I tend to go <laughs> in front to get out of the way. And look, you know, we know that I know they fit and they well. And if they're good enough, they just, you know, they just keep going and win. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, there's a few that we do, you know, drop in and ride differently and things. There's, you know, obviously every horse is different, but with a good few of hours, I do tend to ride them from the front and just let them roll on. Yeah. It's worked so far this year, mate. Isn't yeah, it? well, we haven't we haven't got a bad strike rate this year. We've with our point point runners, we got a fifty-two percent strike rate. I think so. Sunrail, <laughs> that'll do nicely. <laughs> no pressure for next year. <laughs> Brad, do you um do you have any plans to turn professional as a trainer? Um, that that is that will be that is the plan going forward. Um, but obviously, I think we might just. Have a few years pun appointing, like Johnny said, we've got to back it up next year now. <laughs> um but look, if we back it up now in the next couple of years, um <clears throat> then that will be the plan, you know, to get my um get my license and train under rules. Um but look, you know, we've just been we've been lucky this year that we've got nice horses. 
but I know he's, you know, training them, getting them fit and everything. But it does help a lot when you've got nice horses to train. And how many boxes do you have in your current yard? Have you got room to expand into it? Well, we have. We, To be honest, we're not actually in um, the actual barn that we're meant to be in. Um, when we moved up, we put in for planning over, well over a year ago now, but it still hasn't gone through. So we've actually just got temporary stables inside of a barn. It's Claire's father's old grain barn. <laughs> so we've got 15 stables in there. Um, but as soon as the planning goes through now, there's a barn of 24 stables going up and we shouldn't, we'll know this week for definite whether they're going to give us the planning or not. So hopefully, fingers crossed. I don't suppose you bother with the uh, planning back in Wales, you just whack barns up, no one <laughs> no. notices. <laughs> it's a bit different now we're up here. <laughs> yeah, Brad, look, going back to obviously, would you ever turn professional? Um, obviously, that's the plan, like you say. If you did, would you still try and ride some of them yourself or just no, let a pro get on and do it? Um, I obviously, if I when I did start training under rules, um, I'd obviously I'd definitely keep and have pointers, obviously in a separate yard, <laughs> and under someone else's name. Yes, <laughs> um, that's but, a good idea. I don't think anyone's done that before. But that's a really good idea. How novel! No, I definitely um, I'd be training. I just keep riding the pointers, but the ones that were going under rules, then I'd probably leave that to the professionals. Do you still claim under rules? Yeah, seven yeah. against professionals, three against amateurs. So most of the time, I probably wouldn't do the weight done uh, for under rules anyway. Still. <laughs> uh, now, Brad, um, we talked about you the other week on the podcast when Charlie Post was on um, because we were saying on the racing TV coverage of uh, the Cheltenham Hunter Chase evening, um, someone said uh, Bradley's horses are always really tough. And we talked a bit about basically whether that was a load of rubbish or not. Uh, and not because uh, we didn't believe that your horses were tough, but we were talking about whether trainers go and buy a certain type or whether they train in a certain way. Uh, Charlie said his opinion on it was that you could train a horse to be soft, but that you couldn't necessarily train a horse to be tough and that it was just a case of having them really fit and you must have them really fit and they just keep going longer than everything else. Uh, would you agree with that assessment or would you like to change the record on that one? No, I definitely am. Um... To be honest, I'm lucky. Um, I got a good man in Ireland buying horses for me, um, Jimmy Kelly, and we don't buy like any certain type of horse. It's just whatever he rings me and says, "Brad, this needs buying." I buy it. Um, but we do do uh, a lot of, you know, look, they are fit, um, but they got to be fit and healthy, fit, healthy, and happy. Um, and like all of ours, mm. they, as soon as they've been ridden, they they go straight out the field. Um, so everything is ridden and out the field by one o'clock and then they come back in about five o'clock every day you just can't be bothered to muck them out in the afternoon <laughs> yeah <laughs> it saves a bit of money john <laughs> but we do <laughs> like we got the gallop there's a uh, nearly a mile long wood chip um and then we got a hundred acre field over the far side which is one mile two per circuit and in the winter we just we we canter them around there three times so on a work day, they'd be, they'd be doing three miles six. Only That's steady, right. you know, but they have having plenty of work. Uh, go, go back to the tough thing. Um, I think I remember Charlie saying, uh, like Mark, they say about Mark Johnson's horses on the flat, but a lot of them are ridden from the front, but uh, they've got jockeys that ride well off the front. Uh, and I think that's probably, you know, your training without being too nice. Uh, obviously, about your, your balance of, you know, you, you obviously ride well from the front as well with your strike rate. Are you saying you couldn't hold one up and bring it through? Is that what you're trying to say? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, it, it, you've got to get the fractions right up the on, uh, you know the front end if you're doing that, haven't you? Because oh, then if, when one joins you, you know the horse is, is is obviously fit enough, but also you've saved enough all the way to um, yeah to, for them to fight back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But when you're riding the likes of Highway Jewel, um, you've literally just got no option. She goes as fast <laughs> as she wants to. <laughs> you are just a passenger. <laughs> <laughs> I suspected that was the case, actually. We've had a list of question, um, Brad, for you. Um, David Windsor asks, uh, is Highway Jewel going to Stratford in the Johnny Corbett? So while we're talking about her... Uh, no, Highway Jewel is out the field. Um, oh, We've got Premier Magic going to the John Corbett and Captain McGinley. Two good horses in their own right. Yeah, two of them are going for the John Corbett. Which one will you ride? Uh, Premier Magic. Who ride the other one? James King, probably. Ooh, oh, giving him winners. Well, hey? Controversial. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, the owners wanted Jim, so I said, "All right, then I'll, I'll leave you out that one." Is that because he's leading the championship? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I cho- I chose Premier Magic over Captain McGinley. <laughs> only only because my uh, fiance and her father owned it. So if I didn't ride him, I think it'd be a bit of trouble there. <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough uh no james is uh james has been on the podcast before you not you know it wasn't that wasn't a deliberate move brad you know we we believe in equal opportunities on this podcast and uh we uh we uh we were just waiting for johnny to get his ducks in a row and get hold of you but uh yeah no it's it's great to have you on please do stick around for the rest of the podcast we're going to go and look at some of the bits and bobs and your opinion will be very valid at any point so uh please feel free to interject so before she headed to the sales this week, I caught up with Amy Woff, prolific jockey on the Northern Circuit, who's been riding winners since 2010. Uh, she's ridden another few this shortened season, uh, and I had a catch up with her about all the things in the North. So, Amy, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, how's things? Great. No, yeah, it's good. Very good. Good. And I hear you're heading to the sales in the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're well, hopefully hopefully going down down tomorrow. We might catch the end tomorrow, and then. Uh, have a, have a look and see what's about on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So uh, level with me now. Are you going uh, for business or for a bit of social and a bit of wine? <laughs> I think it has to be a bit of both, really. Probably probably more social, but we'll uh, we'll see what we can what we can find while we're there. And uh, if we come back with something, then that's great. But if not, it's not the end of the world. Exactly. Um, well, you've had a great season. Um, what was your tally this time around? Um, it, well, like everyone, it's been very very short. Um, I have, I think I've only had about seven rides, maybe, and I've had three winners and a couple of places as well. So it's not been, it's not been bad really at all. Well, if you tell people you've had six, six rides, and that, then we can, well, we can put that down as a fifty percent strike rate, which is pretty, is pretty much as good as it gets, isn't it? So, and obviously it's been a very tricky season for everyone. Um, but um, uh, how's this season stacked up for you? Are you? Have you been happy with the amount of rides you've got? And uh, and you had a nice winner at the weekend, I see. Yeah, no, it's been it's been good for that really. I've I've had a couple of older horses which I've just been playing about with, and uh, it's it's tricky getting rides anyway, really, because everyone sort of certainly with the pointing, everyone seems to have their their own or ride their own or do whatever. Um, yeah. But no, I had I had a good a good winner at the weekend, um, so that was it was nice to end the season on something like that anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, we've. Uh, We've had to be careful how I phrase this because you're obviously not old uh, in your own right. But we've heard we've heard on the grapevine you're a bit of a mother figure uh, to 
to to, to <laughs> some, uh, we'll we'll maybe rephrase it as a the, the queen of the dressing room rather than the, the mother the mother of the dressing room. But um, uh, and yeah, just just that you you know perhaps looking out for a few that are coming through the ranks and sort of people looking to you for a bit of advice. I mean, what for for people that are listening? Obviously, we're we're trying to promote the sport and get people. Um, get people into point to pointing we sort of just spoke to chris a bit about what people might need to do if they wanted to you know get a few horses and start training them if you were uh giving advice to you know 15 16 year old uh lad or or girl who wanted to get riding a few what would be to put you on the spot what would be your best piece of advice to uh to someone that was coming through i think they have to enjoy it and they have to be comfortable as well comfortable with with everything and just enjoy it really and and don't don't worry and don't think think about it too much because i think that first time goes so quickly it comes and goes they don't even you don't even have time to think about it really Mm. um so i think yeah just breathe and enjoy (laughs) we've been reminded this week as people getting back on course we've seen people down um, down south back on course today on a monday which is nice and and just seeing the sort of sheer joy of uh people cheering a win at home etc etc and it's so easy to get wrapped up in the politics of these things and to just forget that this is a sport that we're supposed to just uh you know it, to love and enjoy uh uh chris dawson told us a little bit about the uh, state of play with racing up north i mean how do you feel things are at the moment he was basically saying in short that things are okay in yorkshire maybe struggling a little bit more the further north you go in terms of runners and people training them just in terms of the the, the pool size of horses um is there any is there any glimmers of hope up there or or, or are things uh, as tough as chris made them sound i think it's it's sort of it is filtering out and people are probably struggling and hunts are struggling um which is such a shame because people people are trying they are trying and everyone's trying so hard to keep them going but financially a lot of them just can't um and this there unfortunately probably there's so many even quirky little courses that are just sort of run once a year which for hunts like ours like the Morpeth, we've got ours at tranwell and sort of the money and the time and effort to go into running one one point to point is is quite a lot so if, mm. you know whether it would help people or not i don't know whether people would sort of tie up with each other so you've got a couple of meetings at, at certain courses so that you can get two or three hunts with some money and in, in and, and support one course and improve it as much as you can whether that would be helpful or what i don't know but it, it's a shame because we've, we've lost a couple this time and well we, we lose some some every year really um which is a shame but mm. i suppose it's just the way it is at the minute and, and pe- people are trying to support it but it's it's just it's not it's not it's not enough <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I suppose um, to be fairly brutal about it, I suppose when these things happen, either they die out or something rises sort of from the ashes, I suppose, and and uh, I suppose it'll come down to the appetite to make it happen, and I'm I'm sure it will. I'm sure there's plenty of people listening in the north that that are passionate about pointing and, and aren't gonna aren't gonna see it uh, demise, but. Um, uh, so moving on to something a little bit more bright before we finish um what's been your favorite ride of the season obviously you said you've only had six or seven because of, it's been pretty truncated but uh oh um well oh, that is that's probably the trickiest question <laughs> I, I do love riding uh my two and probably actually as much as my my winner on um on uh, saturday I, I enjoyed that she was so so much fun but um my old horse winged crusader that was his um his last run on Saturday, 
and oh, okay. um, it was very emotional. So I think I think really I've got to say that was probably my I enjoyed that the most, and it was it was special in a certain way anyway. Oh, good on you. Well, um, en- listen, enjoy the sales, and um, we'll have to get you back on next season, uh, midway through the season, when you've kind of we've got a few more races to talk about and uh, lots more going on, and we'd love to catch up with you then. Great, that's great. Thank you. So thanks to Amy for coming on. As I said, welcome anytime. It's good to keep an eye on things that are happening on the Northern Circuit. It's that time of the year where uh, people have finished or, or about to finish uh, foaling some of their mares. James just had his last one born tonight, so that's a bit cause for celebration. Uh, and of course, it's been uh, sales season. So uh, today saw the Goffs point-to-point sale happen at Doncaster. Um, Philip Rowley had a good day of sales, selling four horses at an average of 78k. He had the top lot actually in the form of the player queen, that filly that won of the Cheltenham bumper. Uh, James, you, we had a chat about that earlier. Yeah, I saw her sale. She's an absolute queen. Rose Dobbin bought her for 140. Yates filly who won her point to point at Maysmore Park. So fingers crossed she'll go on and do us all proud. But she certainly looks like she'll uh, be a graded filly. I was pleased to see Rose Dobbin uh, buying a few for strong money. Actually, I've got one that I want to sell to her because I've got the uh, I've got the half brother to Seven Eye Bridge who uh, is doing quite well for her. So uh, pleased to see her spending some money. <laughs> um, uh, friend of the podcast Harley Dunn uh, snuck into the top ten consigners by average price. Actually, selling one horse for fifty five k, which I thought was pretty notable. Um, just just as a bit of an aside, James, I mean, you've been to more of these sales than me and uh, no doubt seen the sort of trend over the years, but I just thought it was quite interesting to look at this. I mean, in 2009, the average price uh, of, of the pointers sold uh, was 14,151 and it's crept up till today to £32,006. So uh, over, over, the, uh, over the period, it's, it was... It was 14K in 2009, 16K in 2010, a 19K in 2016, 20K in 2018, and then it shot up to 32 grand this time around. Now, obviously, there's less horses sold, so there's 153 offered this year versus 345 in 2018. So there's clearly there's a bit of a supply and demand effect there pushing the price. But you have to assume British point-to-pointers are selling for more money. Um, and obviously that average as an average price it's not phenomenal money but it, it's representative of the fact that it's that's something that's growing yes uh obviously 2009 was just after the uh, economic crash so uh prices were back in 2008 and 9 and they have they have improved but yeah i mean the the prices this uh this sale were absolutely phenomenal. We're recording this Wednesday night, so we've got a full day selling again tomorrow. But um, just I was talking to John Barlow actually before I came on here, and he's looking for a nice open type horse, and uh, he said he's just struggling to buy because the prices are so strong. Brad, do you ever take anything to the sales, or will you start taking a few? Yeah, that would be the plan. Um, is just go down the four-year-old uh, route. Um, we had one over from Ireland. Uh, this year he actually got picked up today by a transport that he's gone to Ollie Greenall's oh very good Dan Dan Asprey's bought him um, so he won his he was third in a Mollington Maiden and then he won the Mollington Maiden at the second meeting what's so, he called? Uh, Gareth Kale. have to keep an eye <laughs> out for him did you ride him as a four year old? a five year old he is sorry a uh, five year old yeah. I was going to say the kilos are good <laughs> 
Uh, and friends, other friends of the podcast, Station Yard, uh, they sold three with an average of 33 grand, top lot 65. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really strong day of sales and it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. Okay, so it's now time to look ahead. James, what's the ground saying this weekend? Uh, we don't race on Saturday, um, but Sunday we've got Bratton down. It's good to soft, soft in places. Uh, they've moved all the fences and the bends, which is a fair old effort. So they're racing on fresh ground. And also in sun- uh, on Sunday we've got Garthorpe, and that's good, good to soft down the hill. So nice racing ground. Yeah, I spoke to Joey Newton about that, and that will be, I would suggest, a very accurate description of the ground. They do, when it's quick, they do a really good job, and they do know what they're talking about with ground. It always sort of suits to what I, what my opinion would be. So take to make of that what you will, I suppose. Um, also, to remind anybody listening, we are actually people are allowed to go racing this this uh, this weekend now. Um, so anybody who's local to Garthorpe or enjoys going and watching good racing, um, yeah, try and try and get uh, try and get yourself a ticket and get down. There's 128 uh, entries. Uh, there's only 105 horses. Obviously, some are double entered, um, but y- it's so much better riding a winner. I didn't ride a winner when there was nobody there, but I would think it's sort of a bit almost deflating when nobody's watching the hard work you've put in. You know, the horses are, on the whole will put in a <laughs> put in a, a, a good effort and try the hardest. Owners deserve it. Um, give everyone a cheer and um, yeah, hope, hopefully have a good a bit of decent decent weather. The uh, and if you can't make it, obviously there will be a live stream from for that. Myself and Sam Davis Thomas are doing that. Um, I wouldn't think it would be massively informative, but uh, I think Charlie Post described us as the, uh, the point-to-pointing Chuckle Brothers, so it might be, <laughs> it might be entertaining. Um, Johnny, and- don't think I haven't noticed. Don't think I haven't noticed that I that I gave you your very first presenting gig, and you've done several since, and my phone has not rung. Now I don't know about you, Brad, but I just think that that is below par. <laughs> I'm just giving the people what they want. I, 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 I'm not even. I'm just going to leave that. I'm not taking the bait. Uh, Brad, you're running two at Garthorpe, one in the bumper, one in the restricted, I believe. Um, yeah. Could you tell us a bit about those? And um, obviously, Brad, because because people are allowed back on course, betting now becomes a relevant feature, whereas previously it didn't. Obviously, you're not allowed to have a bet as a jockey, but if you were. The, uh, the 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 just the trainer and you were able to have a few quid on. What can you tell us about the two that you've got at Garthorpe this week? Yeah, I got um, Fia Jagen running in the restricted. Um, he was one of the ones that won in Charlie Cole, but then I got disqualified for missing the marker. <laughs> um, then he went to uh, he was second at Adlington, and then he won at Dingley by about twenty odd lengths that day. He didn't come off the bridle. Um, he nearly lost his jockey. Yeah, nearly did two out, but <laughs> managed to stay on. Um, but no, he hopefully he should go close. Um, he's a nice little horse, and he will be for sale at the end of the year. I think looking, I don't know how well you know Garthorpe, but looking at the horse, uh, and like, like I don't claim to know him, I would think the track would probably suit him, Brad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's um, he's not. He wouldn't be the biggest in the world, but. He loves jumping and just loves going forward, you know. So yeah, 
Yeah, he's a nice looking sort for anyone looking for something as, as a summer jumper. Um, obviously, I'm not benefiting from the horse selling. Apart from the fifty sure. pound that Brad's going to give sure. me, sure. I, I see. Um, I begin to see what's hap- I begin to see what's happened now. Uh, yeah, Brad, tell you what, you come on the podcast. We'll talk about the horse that's won by twenty lengths on the snap. We'll sell it for loads of money. You give me a, a nice drink out of it. I see what's happened there. Uh, to be fair, to be fair, Brad, that horse that horse won't have been missed in the betting, will it? So that'll probably go on off like seven to two on or something like that. So probably not your uh, your best bet of the weekend for the punters that are listening. But um, no, yeah, but thanks, thanks all not. the same. He's <laughs> um, his second form actually isn't that bad either, is it? The, the horse that won that was the quickest time of the day for a first time at Maiden, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. Um, I'd say that probably work out to be a good race because we yeah. went a real strong gallop the whole way. Um, and to be honest, my lad, it was his first run back after the break, and he just missed a bit of work. And I took him there knowing that he was just going to need the run a little bit. And look, we got beaten fair and square by a nice horse, of John, um, Gina, and Tom's. Um, I think. I think you. I mean, you'd be unlucky. What are the chances of coming up against a first time maiden that's going to set the you know fastest time of the day? Yeah, exactly. Pretty, yeah. pretty unlikely. Pretty unlucky. <laughs> okay, good. So um, that's that's the uh, that's what's happening this coming weekend in the UK. So let's look at what happened last weekend in Ireland when we catch up with Davy Boland for the Irish Angle. Hi, lads. We had the two day meeting in the Cairn on Friday and Saturday, and on Sunday we were in County Cork and Ballandenisk and in Stradbally. In the two-day meeting in the Cairn, the standout horses for me, a very impressive winner of the five-year-old Gavin's Maiden on Friday was Gitmaker for the Warren Union Stable, written by Barry O'Neill. This was definitely the most impressive horse for me visually over the weekend. Um, it was his fourth run. He had four-year-old form. He had two seconds and a third, but uh, he backed this up in fine style. Um, he made all under Barry O'Neill and was very impressive and he goes to the sales. Um, Curtin Tim, who won the four-year-old Gelds Maiden on Saturday for the Cormac Doyle stable, was an impressive winner. The only worry maybe would be that there was only four runners in this. They did go steady for the first circuit, but they fairly picked it up and they really got racing from three out. But the Fordham finished in a bunch. Uh, it was a blanket finish. But this horse was sold today at the sales for a hundred thousand. He is a beautiful horse, a current time um horse. So I'm sure he'll go on to do good things. And um Cormac Doyle uh, got good money from today, getting a hundred thousand firm. Winged leader won as well on Saturday. Uh, it was only a match and was fairly comfortable and never um had any anything to worry about throughout the race but uh winged leader now heads over to stratford um there's a hunter's chase over there so um this is a horse who's won a lot um he has a great record with barry o'neill um trained magnificently by the wonderful um david christie who's so good with these older horses which i've mentioned before um with you guys um other than that, really, there's no other really stand out at the weekend. But um, something to keep an eye on is the novice title. Um, the champion riders title is well and truly over. Barry O'Neill has that wrapped up. Um, Colin Bow has a trainer's title wrapped up. But um, the novice riders title between um 
Michael O'Sullivan and Sean Staples. They're both on six each and there's a few lads on four. So it'll be hard to see those lads pull back. It seems between the two of them. The Forge Hill, uh, trained by Sean Doyle, won the Mayor's Open um, to give Sean a sixth winner of the season at Strad Bally. And earlier on in the day in Ballin Dennis, Michael O'Sullivan had made it six winners for him. So that's a good uh, tussle between the two lads. Um, it'd be interesting to see who wins that one with only two weekends to go. Um, this weekend we have two meetings. We are in Ballingarry and then we are in Tralee at the old race course. So time now for my favorite part of the show. Any other business? Um, I think we caused a bit of a stir last week, chaps, with our chat about pony racing. Now, Brad, obviously you've a uh, long time listener to the podcast. Uh, lifelong <laughs> fan. Uh, you did? Did you hear what Johnny had to say last week? Do you agree with him or no? I, I think what Johnny said last week was a load of rubbish. Um, <laughs> Don't racing. hold back, mate. Pony racing brilliant for the kids. Um, I done it when I was a kid. Um, like you think, look how many jockeys are on the professional ranks now who have come through pony racing. It's brilliant to give them the experience of being on the track just being around at the races and they can actually get some sort of idea what it's like to ride in a race. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that, Brad, but so you, did you ride pony racing? Yes, yeah. you did. You've just said you did. Sorry. Uh, I wasn't listening to you. Um, but okay. Do you feel you learned much about how to hold a horse up or do you think that's why you ride oh. most of them from the front? No, you don't actually <laughs> learn to ride, hold a horse up. But you learn, you get race course experience and riding yes. in a race experience. I, I definitely, yeah, not knocking that, not doubting that. I just, I don't know. Probably, I think you should be my... quiet about it now, Johnny. You said your piece <laughs> last week. Exactly. Um, now, we... now let's hand it over to the uh, to the listener who got in touch, Johnny, and, and I think you should air their views as well, if you would. Yeah. So Paddy Barlow messaged me on Facebook, disagreeing with basically all of the points that Chris and I. Um, made last week. I don't know if he's been speaking to Bradley before he spoke <laughs> before he spoke to me. <laughs> now I do genuinely like it that you know we only have an we only have our own opinions and they are most of the time probably not right, uh, but they are opinions. So you know the fact people are, ch- are thinking to challenge them, I like. Um, now he rode. I think he said he had fifty fifty rides pony racing. He's now riding pointing. He actually rode at Huntingdon last night. Rides rides nicely. He doesn't ride all the time. He he's at uh, I think he said Nottingham University doing veterinary. So he's probably more intelligent than the majority of people that ride racehorses on a daily basis. Um, but, Controversial uh, statement, but we'll gloss over that for now. Well, if judging going by my own standards, going okay, by yeah, my own fine, standards, yeah. Uh, uh, he he had some really good points uh, and also told me more about sort of how the kids have to qualify um, on the rallies. And it's not a given that they're allowed to ride just because they've been on a rally. Um, he, I see. Uh, and he said that kids do actually, you know, sorry, you're not allowed to ride. You're not competent enough. And there are different levels to pony racing, which again, I didn't know. Um, I'm keen to get him on actually, uh, because I think he will explain it in better depth than I will. And, um, do it better justice. After speaking to him last night, I have to say I'm more in favour of it. But I still think we need 
the big fat farewell pony category. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Just because Fair I, enough. that's that's how I always saw it, and if that's what I think, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a spoiled uh, child now, don't I? So yes, you do. Uh, so also on last week's show, um, we spoke to Lauren from Racing Welfare. So thank you to everyone that did the survey. That's really really helpful. Um, now we said. Uh, that we would try and do a fundraiser. Uh, unless you chaps have got any ideas, I was basically going to suggest that listeners uh, emailed us or Facebooked us or Twittered us to come up with an idea. So, yeah, we're asking for ideas, people. It can involve anything, ideally not uh, anything that's going to raise my heart rate. Uh, not because I have a medical condition, but because Can I am lazy. we do some lazy. pony racing? Uh, we could do some pony racing. Perhaps <laughs> perhaps we could do some pony racing. Honestly, no. you lot, I've, I've made myself sound like a, a right monster. <laughs> no, you haven't. No, no, it's good. No, you haven't Sounds done like it. Sounds like I it's... hate kids and, and don't want to <laughs> no, have no, any no. fun. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think actually there's been a lot of people uh, that agree with you. And I've, I've had, I've actually, I've not told you about it because obviously I don't want to inflate your ego. Uh, but I have had a lot of people also tell me that they agree with you wholeheartedly. So it's clearly a, an issue that we didn't really think would be a hot topic, but has turned into one. Uh, but that's that's good. That's what this show is all about. We want to explore every angle of point to points. Now, James, something else that you've noticed uh, this week. There's a horse running at Bratton at the weekend with an extraordinarily high rating, and you're not sure why. Yeah, so I've been following a horse called Honest Opinion. And the maiden, which drew me to looking at the maiden, and then I found another horse um, rated 101, which I thought, well, that's a bit odd because I've never heard of it. It's called uh, Spivy Cove, and so I looked into its form. Uh, it's run nine times in Britain to not much form, other than it was second once, and it's also uh, run quite a few times in Ireland, um, but never won a maiden, and to my opinion, hasn't shown great form. But yeah, seems to be rated 101, which I thought was was quite an unusual. Uh, to be a maiden and still rated 101 must be, uh, uh, yeah, it's not very common. No, I had a horse once that um, was just a perpetual bridesmaid. Um, Brad, have you, have you uh, it's an interesting question actually. Uh, have, have you had any horses that show a lot of ability but just don't seem to want to win? Uh, you know, that just don't want to get the head in front or haven't got a taste for it and therefore just haven't, got the desire yeah there's there's definitely definitely plenty of them out there um <laughs> but do you, yeah, do you, know, you train any at the minute like that no not I, my owners might be listening so i can't say any names <laughs> no to be honest everything we've got actually got good attitude um and i think that i think a lot to do with with some of them is being happy and having the right attitude if they haven't got the right attitude you have, you've got no chance because you're not going to change a horse's attitude. If he doesn't want to do it, you're not going to make him do it. Would most of the horses you have, um, Brad, would they be form horses? Do you have many uh, that you break in yourself and get going? Um, we've had a couple this year um, that we've broken and got going. Um, but up until this year, we normally just buy horses out of Irish Punter Points, which have had, you know, two, three runs. Um, yes. So hopefully you're seeing the goods before they come across, and you yeah, sort of know um, you're buying some. It's a bit genuine. And to be fair, I got a very good man that buys them for me in Ireland. Like he he spots them, um, like with Highway Jewel. <clears throat> she pulled up and then finished fifth, and in Irish points. And he rang me. He said, "This needs to be bought." And then 
I said, right, yeah, I looked at it. And I said, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we bought it. She won six points on the bounce. Um, then she was second in the hunt the chase. Then she won at Cheltenham. So he's definitely got a good eye for horses. <laughs> do, you, do you want to get into that, though, Brad? You know, start hopefully getting owners to send you, uh, I don't know, three-year-old to break in and then come send it back and get them galloping. And... Yeah, definitely. That's the, the road we definitely want to go down. Um, we've got a few. We've got one or two three-year-olds already for next year. Um, but that is that is the road that we want to go down. Yes. Yeah. It. Um, I think. I think off the season you're having. Uh, well, even if you don't have, look, hopefully you will. But even if you don't have another winner, I think you've done plenty. Every, a lot of people are talking about you, and normally in a good way. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it, it does help. Word of mouth is better than than anything else. And if everyone's saying any any publicity is good, isn't it? If your name keeps getting mentioned. People, people are going to notice, and you know, talking to a lot of people about your riding and your training, you know, everyone's saying the right thing. So hopefully, you know, people will start sending oh, you a few. Hopefully, I've got a few spare boxes. Uh, that's that's what Charlie was saying uh, last week about how we develop the scene more in in England, and you know, drag more value out of the of the horses that we're bringing on is by you know, good horses taking on good horses, and and, and the likes of you, Brad. Uh, you know, coming through the ranks and starting to train more and more winners, and then you, you people will help, will have faith in the product where they see uh, a Bradley Gibbs horse taking on a, a Fran Nemo horse, which is taking on a, a Tom Ellis horse in the same race. You know that will push the price of that maiden winner when they know that they've all been fine tuned and and, um, and and ready for the job. So so uh, yeah, things are on a good trajectory, and long may it continue. Does add does add the expectation though, Brad. The pressure will be on, boy. The, uh... <laughs> the pressures for car tires. Oh, nice. I like it. I like it. And I was going to say, do you do you stru- like does it does it get to you? Does it sort of like last week and a weekend? I know. Don't want to bring it up, but you didn't have a winner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I didn't mean it like that. But it, it um, you know, they've all ran well, like you yeah, said. Look, they, but it's they, still they a terrible. Races, but unfortunately, you got beaten by a better one on the day. You know, like the restricted horse we run last weekend, he missed the last three, made a quite a bad mistake at the last. You know, if he hadn't have done that, then you would have you would have thought he he would have definitely won. You know, but look, it were meant to be. Yeah, and look, not being funny, it gives you something to go. You know, you'd be very confident of a of a restricted win for him next time. Or fairly confident as well, anyway. Yes, definitely. Will he go again this time? Or no, he he's out the field now. Well, he's not up yet, but he will be going out. <clears throat> so, chaps, we're going to leave it there for this week, I'm afraid. We have started this podcast as a 25 to 35-minute little snapshot of what's been going on in pointing, and the last few weeks have been over the hour mark, so we, 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 we're going to wrap it up before long. Uh, James, anything else uh, that we should be conscious of before we Yeah, close? just one thing. It proves Johnny's point, though, so I'm at pains to say it, but uh, last night in the Huntingdon Ooh. Hunter Chase, uh, it just goes to show, like Johnny said, these short price favourites need taking on because uh, David Maxwell's horse was turned over at 1-2 to two on. Um so yeah, got to take them on. And on that point we made about Maxwell, I saw Jamie Spencer tweet something the other day, and I thought it was really good. Uh, what was it? If you if you don't like the way I ride, don't back the horse I ride. Yeah, quite that's simple. A, that's a great thing, isn't it? But <laughs> I think it sums it up. But somebody like Jamie Spencer can say it because I, I would think he 
cares very little what people think. Yeah, he's got a certain style, hasn't he? And sometimes it works, and sometimes he's always going to look like an unlucky loser. But um, yeah. Yeah, as I say, it sort of proves the point you were making last week that these horses do need taking on. I suppose later on in the season as well is the time to take them on, isn't it? You know, when some horses are getting tired and the ground's changing, you know, throw your horses in there and have a go. And no doubt the, the lads were delighted driving home from Huntingdon having beaten the Maxwell horse. Brad, would you would you ever run away from one? Oh, look, you take them on. If you, beat the, if you get beaten... You get beaten, but like we went to Chadsey Corbett to start the year with Highway Jewel in against Hazel Hill and Premier Magic in against uh, Wishing and Hoping. And I said to my, uh, my, my partner, Claire, and the owners, I said, look, I said, the boys that own Highway Jewel, I said, look, boys, I said, we'll go, we'll take Hazel Hill on. I said, we're not probably not good enough to beat him. I said, but let's have a go and take him on. She went and beat him by 20 lengths. Um, the same with Premier Magic and Wishing and Hoping. We, he was, he'd only won a restricted going into that race. And I said to Claire, I said, let's just take him. I said, there's not many intermediates about now. I said, we'll give him a run. I said, if we get beat, we know we've been beaten by a better one. I said, but look, let's just take him on. And thank God it paid off, you know, but I don't tend to, if I got one entered and I've aimed one at the meeting, it's, I wouldn't really dodge whatever's entered. Brad, you're getting dangerously close to agreeing with me there, mate. <laughs> well, look, you know, it's a horse race. You've got three mile and 18 fences to jump. Couldn't agree more. Like you just said about your restricted horse, if you jump the last three, yeah. you won. But yeah. that's the game, isn't it? Um, no, I, I can't agree with that point anymore. I think it's mad running away from, from one or two or... You know, and it's amateurs on them as well. Even if professionals are on them, they can still fall off them. Yeah, take them on. Good stuff. Okay, well, thanks a lot for coming on, Brad. Um, we'll definitely have you on back on again. Uh, we, we'll we'll have to catch up with you next season and see if uh, see if you're still in fighting form. But uh, <laughs> great to have you on, mate. And we'll see you next time. Lovely. Cheers, Cheers boys. Thanks, Brad. Good man. Johnny. Always a pleasure. Never a chore, boys. No, it's good to have Brad on. It's great to have somebody different on each week, isn't it? Rather than just us three moaning on about whatever we think we know. It's uh, (laughs) it's good to have somebody different. Exactly that. James, congratulations on getting through the breeding season in one piece. And I'm looking forward to you getting a little bit more sleep. You're a little bit less grouchy with me on the phone. But uh, it's been a pleasure as always. And we'll see you next time. But I'm not promising anything about being less grumpy when you ring me 15 times a day. Okay. Right. Well, thanks very much. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Take care. Goodbye. Love you, man. Love you. I don't think my audacity's recorded. I will drive round to your house and I will punch you in the face. I actually don't. <laughs> Banter. Amateur hour. Okay, stopping it. <laughs>